0: It was good. All the songs you know, are, are good, but especially that last verse of that hymn, uh, those who know it best seem hungry and thirsting to hear it like the rest. Uh, and so uh, I hope that you, I hope I never, ever get tired of hearing the story of Jesus. And telling the story of Jesus. I hope you know that it's done a lot for you. I know it's done a lot for me. Uh, and I'm so thankful for the Lord and for how He uh, works in our lives. So, if you have your Bibles this morning. I invite you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And we're going to re- start reading in verses 13 and go through ch- verse 5 of chapter 3. And, uh, this morning, uh, We continue looking at this great letter uh, titled this morning's message, Faithfully Faithful. You know, sometimes we get weary, don't we? We get weary and we we wonder, Lord, when's it going to end, when these trials are going to end? Lord, when can I just rest? Sometimes we may even ask ourselves, is it worth it? And the Thessalonian church had found themselves in just that situation because they were being persecuted for their faith. They were living in a very secular, very kind of anti-Christian culture, much like what we find ourselves in today. And yet... Despite all the difficulties in life, you remember Paul said in chapter 1 of this letter, as he was introducing the letter, he said, I thank God always for your faith, for it is known throughout the world. In the midst of difficulty and trials, that's when we see if our faith is really faith, or if we're just playing a part. And unfortunately, we all know there's people that play a part, and they they say they're Christian. And yet, Christ makes no difference in their life. And there's no evidence. And when the going gets tough and trials come, they jump ship. And yet, it, and so, it, just like when there's trials and difficulties, that's when we find out the sincerity of our faith. Let's look, it says, for this reason, in verse 13, we thank God also without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the church of God, which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your countrymen, just like they did from the Judeans, from their own prophets, and they've persecuted us. They do not please God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they may be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sins. But wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, but not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again. But Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened. And you know for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor had been in vain. But Paul writes this letter, which really is a letter of encouragement uh, to the church at Thessalonica. um, And he says, hey, listen, I know that there's, there's difficulties ahead. And he gives us the answer for how we remain faithfully faithful to the Lord. He begins by saying, listen, the first thing you did, and this is where it started, was you received the word. He said, I am thankful that when I came and and I preached to you that you received it gladly. You received it humbly. You received it not as a word from men, but as what it was, and that is the Word of God. We need to understand that this isn't the pastor's book. It's not our Sunday school teacher's book, and it's not your book. There are times when all of us, when God's Word, sometimes it comforts, sometimes it rebukes, sometimes it convicts. There are times when we really don't want to hear what it says. But we have to remember it's not man's word, it's God's word. And so we better pay attention to it. Even when it hurts and even when it rubs us the wrong way and even when it might call us to change and be different than what we are. He says, listen, you... Received this word and it had an effect on you. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter three sixteen, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that every man of God may be, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good God's word is profitable. Even when it provides discipline. Now think back to when you were young. We all had some discipline. That was not in a good way. It was a punishment. We didn't enjoy it. At least I know I didn't. Chances are you didn't either. But was it necessary and did it do you some good? Yeah, I think it did. Because you're leading at least semi-productive lives. You've kept yourself out of trouble for the most part. You've learned your lesson, you know, and you've grown into a responsible adult, or at least working toward that. There are times when all of us need correction. There's times when all of us need comfort. There's times when we need encouragement. There's times when we need a good swift kick in the rear end, or maybe the Lord taking us by the shirt tail and pushing us in the direction He's been trying to quietly lead us, and we've been stubborn and not been prone to listen. Well, so the Lord sometimes grabs us and slings us. Says, all right, if you ain't going to go willingly, I'll get you to go. We have to have the attitude and understanding that God's Word is just that God's Word. And we have to receive it gladly. And in fact, we need to receive it not only gladly, but we need to receive it regularly. I tell you that if the only time you ate was on Sunday afternoon after a good sermon, we'd all be dead. We don't just eat once a week, do we? Why, we eat every day. In fact, we eat more than once a day. Why? Because our body needs that constant supply of nourishment. God's Word is our spiritual food, and we need to eat on it as regularly as we eat on regular, on physical food. We need a regular intake of God's Word. Why? Well, because it is God's Word, but Paul says the reason you need it so regularly is because of what it does. See, the Bible says that Scripture is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it can pierce to the very inner part of a person. Paul says, you received it, and it is working on you. And so that's the second thing. Not only do we need to receive the Word, but we need to experience change. Understand that when you digest God's Word, it will change you. Just like the physical food that we eat, it changes our bodies, doesn't it? All of you started out, you know, somewhere between seven pounds, between seven pounds, maybe ten pounds. I don't Russell was probably a big baby. Uh, (laughs) But somewhere between seven and ten pounds. We all started out that way. But I hate to break it to you. None of us stayed that way. Did we? No. We grew up. And our bodies grew. Why did it grow? Well, because our parents and others that kind of were in charge of us fed us food. They made us eat our vegetables. They made us drink milk so our bones were strong. They made us eat the a uh, semi-balanced diet. Our bodies change by what we eat. Either for the good or for the bad. And the thing is, you can look. There are some mighty unhealthy people who are just super skinny. They look like they're, you know, athletes. The truth is, they're very unhealthy because they put unhealthy things in their body. Outside appearances can be deceiving. But you know what? When you go to the doctor, and I hope you all do, this might be your reminder, you need to make an appointment for your checkup. If it's, In fact, if you don't know who your doctor is, that's probably a good sign you need to go. Uh, and so we all need regular checkups. And when you go for your yearly physical, you, you know, that vampire that sits in the nurse's office takes that big old needle this long, and she jabs it in your arm takes out six vials of blood. And you know what? When they send that blood off to the lab, the doctor gets a report back. He doesn't have to ask you what you've been eating. And he doesn't have to ask you if you've been exercising or not. Because your blood has told him. If your A1C level is 10, he knows you haven't been taking your medicine and laying off the sugar like you're supposed to and exercising like you're supposed to. And he knows by looking at your cholesterol if you're eating what you're supposed to and exercising like you're supposed to. And when you do those things, guess what happens? Your body changes. Well, the same thing is true when we digest God's Word. It changes It makes us different. It helps the process that God wants to work called sanctification. That being made more and more like Christ. But that doesn't happen by accident. God uses His Word. And He uses the Holy Spirit. And He uses our response to the Holy Spirit and to the Word. To work change in our lives. Now, I like to read. I'm an avid reader. Read a lot of good books in my life, but can I tell you, none of them have had the effect that God's Word has had in my life. And I hope you can say the same thing. God's Word will change us. He says, God... It's words working on your life. In fact, notice what he, said, he says in verse 13. It effectively works on you. changes you. Change is sometimes difficult. And we as human beings, we don't like change, but all of us have to endure change. Change is a fact of life. And our world is changing faster today than it ever has before. Things do not stay the same. But I suggest to us that's a good thing. I'm glad that I don't have to eat that nasty tasting baby cereal that I did when I was growing up. But now when I mix it up for my nephews and nieces when they were little. Kind of, You have to hold it out here so you don't throw up when you stir it. It's so terrible. Can you imagine? Would you want to go back to that? I know I don't. And so I'm thankful that we experience change and that God's word works on us and works in us. But then Paul reminds us of something else, that as we experience change, we also need to expect conflict. He said, church, God is changing you, and people don't like it. And because they don't like the change that God's making in you, they don't like you. And they don't like what you're doing. And so they want to tell you to shut up. They want to make you silent. They want to put you on the outskirts of society and culture and influence. He says, hey, they did the same thing to us. They say, you know what? They did the same thing to Jesus too. That Jesus' own countrymen didn't receive him. But the thing is that that didn't stop Paul. And it didn't stop Jesus. And it didn't stop the Thessalonians. And it shouldn't stop us. It emboldened them and made them want to proclaim their faith because they knew that, hey, listen, God, is. there's something different about this person. People shouldn't have to ask us, are you a Christian? They should be able to tell it by how we treat them, how we interact with them, by how we live our life. But be sure that if you're following Christ, this world is not going to like it and you're going to have difficulties. Now, even more difficulties than are just part of life. Hard things are come in life, don't they? Well, that's part of life, but In the midst of those trials, if we're living for the Lord, we find, you know what? He's faithful. And he's there for us. And just as he endured and came out victorious on the other side, he promises that we will as well. And so he says, listen, if you're going to follow after Jesus... Expect conflict to come into you. Don't expect people to always like you. Don't expect things to be easy. Don't expect that every person you present the gospel to to get saved and, you know, just repent of their sin. And and that doesn't happen. But endure. So expect conflict. But then he goes on and he says, listen... When you expect conflict and you endure, you will end in victory. Your story will end in victory. So listen, I wondered what happened for you, because remember that you know people chased Paul and Silas and Timothy out of town after only a few weeks of ministering in Thessalonica, and so they left in the middle of the night uh, and weren't able to, to return. So Paul said, hey, listen, I wonder how that church, how those Christians are doing. And so they sent Timothy. And Timothy went and helped establish them and encouraged them and went back and reported to Paul. And that's what brought rise to this letter. So Paul says, you know what? You are our glory and our joy. Your changed life and the impact that you have in the name of Christ should be your joy and your glory. That we can rejoice saying, hey, listen, yeah, do we have troubles? Yeah, we've got troubles. But we also have joy. And a joy that this world does not have and does not know. And it's part of the reason why they think Christians are so odd. Why they say, hey, listen, what on earth? He says, listen, the tempter will come. But if you endure, you'll have The victory comes not by how strong you are, but by how faithful you remain to the Lord. Because the truth of the matter is, you cannot do it on your own. You cannot make it in this world without the Lord. But with the Lord on your side, your victory is guaranteed. And so Paul says to us, just like he did, listen, endure, hang in there, don't give up. And the greatest weapon, the greatest nourishment, and the thing you need most in life is not feeling happy, 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 happy all the time. The greatest need in your life is a steady, regular diet of God's Word. You can read God's Word on Monday as well as on Sunday. And on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And I tell you, if you've gone through the week, you've gone through Monday, Tuesday, by Wednesday, you definitely need a, a dose of God's Word, don't you? So God uses His Word to guide and direct us or an acronym for what the Bible stands basic instructions before leaving earth. God's given us the instruction, man. He's given us the roadmap. It's for us to read that map, and then to follow it. And my prayer is that we will remain faithful, to be faithful to God's map to God's word, that we will hunger and thirst for us. The psalmist said, As the deer longs, pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, O Lord. Ye you long for the Lord? Are you thirsty for God? Well, he's near. The Bible says we can have all of them that we want. The problem is, We don't want much of it. We want, oh, a little dab will do. But God doesn't want to just give us a little dab, He wants to flood us. And by flooding us, change us. So receive God's word, experience change, expect conflict, and end in victory. Because God is faithful to us. So let's be faithful to him. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word and how it challenges us. Lord, our prayer is that we would always be a people that would gladly receive your word. Lord, forgive us when we treat it nonchalantly. Forgive us when we don't feast on it as often and as regularly as we should. Lord, give us a hunger and a thirst for your word and for your spirit working and moving in our life. If there's one here today that doesn't know you, would you help them today to surrender their life to you, to receive the great gift that you purchased on Calvary, that whosoever would believe in you would not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, if there's one of your children here today, Lord, that they're malnourished, they're saved, but they're malnourished, and they've not been feasting on your word regularly and allowing it to change them, would you help them today to surrender their heart to you, to say, Lord, oh, give me a hunger for your word. Help us, we pray, to be faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together, church, and as we sing...